Hello, this is Daniel Orton, pastor of Harvest House United Pentecostal Church in Marion, Kentucky. It is our desire to see hurting hearts and minds healed as they are born again into the kingdom of God. It is my desire that this podcast will be a blessing to you and help bring you closer to Jesus. Stand, stand. I'm going to read some scriptures. Jake and I have it on the screen. Um, Acts 16, 27, 31. Got it? Good. And the keeper of the prison was awakening out of sleep, and seeing the prison doors open, he drew out his sword and would have killed himself, supposing that the prisoners had been fled but Paul cried with a loud voice saying do thyself no harm for we are all here then he called for a light and sprang in and came trembling and fell down before Paul and Silas brought them out listen to the question he asked sirs what must I do to be saved And they said, Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved in thy house. Lord, I'm asking you to touch tonight everyone that's here tonight. God, the greatest thing in the world to us should be that we're saved. I know that you're won't last tarry forever that you're going to come back and God I must be saved I don't want to be lost I don't want to go to hell but more than anything I want to go to heaven I want to spend eternity with you God and I ask that you would help us tonight God in your precious name Jesus name Paul and Silas were thrown in jail and for preaching the gospel and they prayed and they sang songs at midnight and God opened the prison doors and the jailer was going to kill himself and then Paul said, don't do that. Uh, we're all here. And then this guy realized, okay, something special. He wanted to know this question. He said, you can go ahead and put that up there if you want. What must I do to be saved? I come with an extremely heavy heart tonight because I, I figured we'd have a lot of our young people here and I want to know if you really know what it means to be saved tonight. Do you really? Do you know the importance of being saved? Do you really know the importance of being saved? There really is a heaven 
that we'll live in eternally if you are saved and there really is a hell that you will burn forever and be in torment without the presence of God. Okay? And I didn't know Jacob was going to put that picture up there, but I think it's a very good portrayal of what I'm thinking tonight because this is it. The best way to, to, to show a type of what saved really is is would be a drowning person. Is anybody here not know how to swim? Anybody not, not know how to swim? Anybody? Is anybody about ever drowned before? Okay. You've about drowned before. Were you in a pool or were you in a lake? Ocean? That's probably even worse. But if you can envision yourself being out in a lake or in a large body of water and you're like this hand here and you're going under, would you consider yourself saved when you're not got water going in your lungs? And in the boat, or would you consider you saved, self-saved, totally away from the water? Jimmy says away from the water. In the boat, I don't think any—I don't think either one of those are necessarily wrong. But Corbin got him a pole, and he fell down in the water, got a mouthful, and now then he don't want to get near it. So he's got a little bit of a phobia going on. If you're about to drown, you've got a little bit of a phobia going on about water. Okay? So the whole point I'm trying to make here with this is if, if you're drowning in the water, you want to be saved. Number one is if you're still drowning in the water, you're not saved, right? So just by natural thinking, the only way that you're going to be saved is you have to be out of that situation. Jesus came to, everybody knows this, right? What did he come to do? Seek and save that which was lost. That would be every one of us at some time in our life. We all were lost. What does lost mean? That means outside the presence of God. You were not, he, he doesn't consider you one of his children. So, what must I do to be saved? You would think the question would be a very easy one to answer, right? So the question begs to ask tonight, why is there so many different answers to that one question? Why is there so many different answers to that one question? And beyond that, isn't it, we're just taking it off from this one book. Anybody know what this is? Huh? It's a Bible. Correct. And so, with being such a very important question, surely we want to know the truth, right? Because let me, if I could be plain, I won't do it tonight. Maybe I, I will a couple of you, but if I was to come straight to you and say, do you want to go to heaven or hell? Heaven. Do you want to go to heaven or hell? Do you want to go to heaven or hell? Heaven? 
by, by nature, majority of people, if I ask them that question, they're going to say, I want to go to heaven. Unless they're an agnostic, which is, it doesn't matter whether there's a God or Bible or not. They don't really care. Or they're an atheist, which say, I don't believe in God, which is not true. Everybody believes in God, whether they call themselves an atheist, agnostic, or whatever. You still believe in God. If you don't, you will. But I'm just trying to lay a little foundation something, and then I, I'm going to, I just want to talk to us for a second about this. Because I'm just going to be honest with you. Okay? I'm not sure the people in this church knows what it means to be saved. I'm going to be real. And the reason I say that, well, let me just, let me go farther with it before I say that. Um, so here's, here's the simple answer so many people will give you. The answer is, to be saved, you just join a church. To be saved, you just read your Bible, pray, and attend church services. Somebody might say you just pray and do the best that you can. Still others probably would say confess Christ and be baptized and take communion. And then there are so, some that will say that all above what they call works is not even necessary as salvation. It's just a gift from God. You only get it by faith. I've never heard this. I got to reading about this. Maybe I have and I forgot. But some people just say that Jesus took all of our past and our future sins, nailed them to the cross, and now you just believe that Jesus died for you and that is all that is to accepting God. I guess it's easy salvation, whatever, but... So, I guess what I'm trying to say here then is we have thousands of people who claim to be Christians through some type of Christian religion. Would you agree? Thousands, maybe even millions, claim to be a Christian through some type of Christian religion using some type of form of confessing that Jesus is your Lord, okay? Will we agree with that? Okay. And Jesus said in John 14, 6, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. So, this is my question I'll farther say with this. If Jesus is the only way, and I can only be saved by Jesus, then I need to know for sure what that way is. Anybody agree? And I'm going to read you a very interesting story. I'd like you to listen to it, okay? This is a story that came off a track from several years ago, and it reads like this. This is a... You, I want you to listen, okay? If not, I'll, I'll read it again. I'm just... Just listen to this, Okay? There once was a lady with a small baby in her arms traveling on a pasture train that was going west over the mountains. That night, it was bitterly cold and there was a blizzard on the outside. The woman was very restless and nervous. A traveling man noticed her condition and asked what was wrong. 
She told him she was to get off at a certain little station and she was afraid she might miss it. The man trying to relieve her... Um, sorry, my iPad went crazy here. Trying to relieve her of all of her fear told her that he was well acquainted with that road. He'd been there many times and he would make sure that she got off at the right place. Finally, a station was called out on the train that stopped. Then said the, he said, lady, your stop is next. Okay, listen to this. Your stop is next. The train left that station and sped on in the darkness, and not too long after, it stopped again. The traveling man helped the lady off with her baby and the baggage, and soon the train went on. A station was called out. The traveling man listened closely and realized it was the very station that the woman wanted off from. But she had gotten off the stop before. He hurriedly went to the brakeman, told him what he had done. The brakeman informed him that the previous stop was only to fix the engine. And in that awful blinding snowstorm, the train backed up to the place where the woman had been put off. They traced her disappearing footsteps for just a few feet and found her with the baby, clutched tightly in her arms, frozen to death in a snowbank. And we asked why I read that. Because this man was just on this train with her that we could say like a train of life. And he told her, just giving her instructions, oh, I know this way very well. I can tell you when to get off. Now, we don't live in these times now where we have trains and all this kind of stuff, but if I'm on a train and I'm in a snowstorm and all of a sudden chassis they stop the train and or and I, i'm trying to figure out where to get off i'm not going to ask somebody who's just doing the same thing i'm doing traveling through this life when i need to get off because the train has got people that is they've been trained they've been qualified to know when and where to get off okay so this uh woman just took the word of somebody else that was just like her that this is where you need to get off and the whole point i'm trying to make today is there's some here tonight that just because your mama's brother's sister or your boyfriend or your friend or this one or that one says this is what it takes to make it to heaven you we won't even pick up the bible we won't even let somebody who maybe has spent their whole lifetime and that's even dangerous still sometimes but we won't let the Bible actually tell us how to get to heaven. We'll choose to let somebody else say, oh, this is where you get off. Or this is where you got to go. So my point tonight is simply this. If you're going to be saved, Jesus said there's only one way to be saved, and that's through him. Okay? It's only going to be through him. And the, and the whole reason this has come about is Sister Cheryl was having a conversation with one of our young people that's not here tonight, which they were. And it went something like, help me out with the conversation. Exactly. Do you know what sin is? She's asking, do you know what sin is? He said, yeah, it's something that God don't like. But if I sin and you sin and you sin and they 
Okay. Does everybody see that point? He said, you know, it's, it's doing things that God don't like. But he said, but I sin, you sin, and everybody sins. Would everybody agree with that? I would agree with that. Everybody sins. So if everybody sins, what makes us saved? That's my point. This is where I'm going to bring us to tonight. Because if we're going to make heaven our home, it's only going to... And we use the word saved by just saying, oh, he saved me from my sins. I'm talking about the water. He, basically, he pulled us out of the sins, or he pulled us out of that water. But there's so many of us that we're pulled out of that sin and we jump back into it. So does that make us a sinner? Or does that make us lost? Somebody said you can't be, Bo. You can't. You can't be sin. You can't be a sinner, and you can't be saved at the same time. Lost. lost. Yeah. Yeah. Sinner. Yeah. Sinner and being lost. Yeah. I would say that. And, and listen, I, I'm open here tonight. This is. I'm open for you to say something to me, a question, what I'm saying tonight. Valid question. Everyone sins every day. And your question is, how can I be not a sinner? Or how can I be saved? How can you not be saved and a sinner at the same time? Like, if, okay, if you get saved, are you just not saved once you sin again? Perfect question. Thank you. All right. So I'm glad you asked that. Because I have an extremely good answer for that. <laughs> because this is the problem that we're having in our entire world, not just our little group, our church we have here. But there is a vast difference between somebody who is a sinner and what I would call a saint. And because you're a saint doesn't mean that you don't sin. Okay? And what I mean by that is simply this. Sinners keep on sinning. Saints sin, but then they try to correct it. Okay? Uh, somebody find me Exodus chapter 20. I have notes that I'm probably not going to use. Exodus chapter 20. I think it's Exodus 20. Is that where the Ten Commandments are? Okay. So, let me ask this question. I ain't done with your question. All right, I'll help you with it. Exodus 20. See, I don't have my glasses on, so. Where you need to go. Uh, what version you got there? NLT? Uh, the, the oh, that's good enough. Uh, start. Th this is the Ten Commandments, okay? Um, let's see. Let's just start Start reading right there. Can you do that for me? You, yeah, are you okay with that? You must not murder. You must not commit adultery. You must not... Okay, you must not murder, you must not commit adultery, you must not steal, you must not testify falsely against... That's good enough, right there. Did y'all hear that? Anybody know what them are? It's Ten Commandments. Did you recognize any of those? You shall not murder, you shall not steal, you shall not commit adultery. Anybody know what that is? 
having sex outside of marriage, basically. Uh, should not bear false witness. Anybody know what that is? That's a lie? Okay. So would you agree with me that if I killed Jimmy, which we all want to sometimes, all right, if I killed Jimmy, would you consider that a sin? Okay. Now that's extreme, right? You're right. Abortion's a sin. That's what you said, right? Okay. All right. Now, that's heavy. Everybody stay with me for a second. All right. This is something that's going to... I'm going to talk about something that's going to save your life and cause you not to go to hell tonight. Okay? Now, that's heavy if I kill Jimmy. But what if I'd done this? Did you know... Did you know that Jimmy went down to the dollar store and he stole $1,000? No, he didn't do it. I'm lying. Would you, would you say that's sin? Because I just lied to you, right? Okay. What if when she wasn't looking, I just reached down and Ooh, you don't want me to open it up and look at it, do you? <laughs> when she wasn't looking, I grabbed her phone. What would you call that? Stealing. Is this your phone? Okay. So we're establishing what sin is, right? Somebody tell me what sin is. Sister Lisa, what's sin? I'll put you on the spot. Huh? nervous? <laughs> All right. What's sin? Huh? Tristan, what's sin? Everything you do. Okay. Listen, I'll buy that, but let me give you more to it, okay? more specifically because this is what sin actually is sin is when you're doing something that God does not like or something God's told you not to do that's the basic bottom line of sin okay he said don't kill so if I kill that's sinning he says don't lie so I lie whatever steal okay now let's take it a little bit more if I get mad and I like run Jimmy down real bad. It's, I'm, this is pick on Jimmy night, right? If I get mad and I like, I don't cuss. That's not in me. But if I don't, I can like be really, really mean to Jimmy without cussing. I don't know if you realize that or not. But I can be really, really mean to him, and I'll walk away and think, well, that's no big deal. I really have sinned because I've treated him not like God would want me to treat him. Okay. So that's sin as well. Do y'all see that? You buy that? Okay. Now, I'm not tempted to kill anybody. Too bad. <laughs> All right? And I'm never tempted to steal. I might be faintly tempted to lie my way out of a situation, but I don't do that. Have I lied since I became a preacher? 
Are y'all ready for this? Yes. Did I do it intentionally on purpose? No. I kind of done it not meaning to, and it just happened, all right? I ain't losing yet, am I? I'm trying to establish the point that even me as a pastor of 16 years, I sin. Get in arguments, I get mad at this one, I get mad at that one, I get complacent. Yeah, that and that one, a whole lot. Or those, these. <laughs> so, what makes, then your question is this. What makes the difference between me and the guys out here who's killing everybody every day, right? Because I am sinning, and so are they. Here's the difference, okay? Here's the difference between what we would call a Christian and a sinner. Because everybody does sin. A Christian, when he realizes that he's messed up, he will say, I tell Jimmy, Jimmy, I'm sorry. I shouldn't have treated you that way. Lexus, I'm, I'm sorry. When you weren't looking, I stole your phone. Here it is. Thank you. What was you going to say? Yes. He uh, he's a pastor uh, in North Carolina. He was telling a story about how he, I don't know how many years ago this story is supposed to be, but he was inside a store, saw a tape line, had two price tags on it. He took off the bigger price tag and went and bought it. The girl rung him up, charged him a dollar and something cents. He made it across the state line. He was going in, getting ready to go to a church service. He told his wife, we got to turn around. He went and tried his hardest to give them $10 back. That's the difference between a sinner and a saint. If I mess up, and I know I've messed up as a Christian, then... I will. I have the Bible calls it an advocate. It means I have a place that I can go to make it right. Number, I have two things I got to do. If I if I sinned against you, I got to tell you I'm sorry. And then if I've sinned against God, I go. I tell God I'm sorry. I shouldn't have done that. And if you sin against somebody else, you automatically. Yes, and if you sin against somebody else, you sin against God. So if I treated Jimmy wrongly, I would have to say, Jimmy, I'm sorry. And then in another time of prayer, I'd have to say, God, I didn't treat Jimmy right. Would you forgive me? Okay? Now, that's what a Christian does. Now, you know what a sinner does? He, he treats Jimmy like that. Then he steals his phone. And then he goes to the dollar store. And he lies about it and tells somebody else that that happened to him. And he doesn't feel bad about it. And he'll do it again tomorrow. He just keeps on sinning. Now, let me put it. In terminology, you young people may recognize. Somebody said it a while ago. Adultery, right? She's, actually, the biblical definition of adultery is this. Is, if you're having sex outside of marriage. Another thing it's tagged with that the Bible calls sin is called fornication. Do you know what fornication is? It is having, at the base, at the base level, fornication is having sex with somebody that you're not married to. Okay, so here's to put it in contrast. If you're a young person and you're having sex on a regular basis, 
and you're not married and you know and everybody's listening to me right now the Bible says it's wrong so if you didn't know it was wrong before it might not have been sent to you but now you know it's wrong if you're not married and you're having sex biblically it is a sin so now then you have two options you stop having sex outside of marriage or you are now a sinner because if you keep doing that same sin knowing that it's wrong that makes you a sinner okay does that make sense does that make sense now that's that's stuff we don't like now I'm going to pass you something out all right I come with this kind of intention today all right Jimmy hey me out buddy give every one of these to somebody so everybody ask this question with me what must I do to be saved What you, what you're getting in your hands right now is something that I put together probably 2010. What this is in front of you is a scripture from the book of Galatians chapter 5. Jacob, would you read the scriptures for me? Now the works of the flesh are manifest, which are these, adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulations, wrath, strife, seditions, heresies, envyings, murders, drunkenness, revelings, and such like of the which I tell you before, as I have told you in time past, that they which do th such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. Now, now listen to the last part he said that. I want him to say that last part again about not inherit. They w that do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. Okay. What must I be do to be saved? Now, I have to be saved from this stuff that's on this paper. This is what at my base fleshly desire wants to do is all this stuff. Now, there's a lot of words. We didn't know what they meant. So underneath that, I took each of those highlighted ones and I put the definitions on it. You must understand, you can go to my computer at the house if you want to, and you can see the date. It probably is dated 2000, probably 2010. There is stuff on there right now that is so strong in our generation that we're living in right now, especially in this area. You might be thinking that I wrote that down just for you or just for the situation we're in right now. No, I didn't. I printed it off over 10, I, I put this on there over 10 years ago. So I give it to us for a reason tonight. I want you to be saved. And in order to be saved, anything that's on that list he said right there, shall not inherit the kingdom of God. If you're actively doing that and you know that it's wrong, that makes you a sinner. Okay? So what is the fix for this? How do we fix this? How, do we, how are we saved? Well, there's a lot of people out there telling you, because this, this individual, this young person that, that Cheryl was talking about, well, I sin, you sin, everybody sin. So with that concept in our mind, everybody thinks, well, it's okay, everybody's sin, so 
Why does it matter whether I sin or not? Well, we do all sin, but what matters is you cannot sin and keep on sinning and be saved. Now, that doesn't mean you're not going to struggle with issues, okay? Um, I don't struggle with lying and that kind of stuff, but I struggle with not always being nice to my wife sometimes. I struggle. There's something on the inside of me that, that I deal with. I have to keep my anger suppressed. And if I'm not careful, I've got to watch that. I don't mean to, but sometimes I let my emotions get beside myself and I will get upset and my anger will come out and I may treat somebody wrong. Well, that doesn't mean that I'm lost. What that means is I can go and if I wrong somebody, I say, hey, I'm sorry, will you forgive me? And then I go to Jesus and I say, Jesus, I've done that wrong. Will you forgive me? That's what is going to save me when I, when I allow the Lord to change my nature. Now, the story that I read to us, this guy said, what must I do to be saved? And when the story is all said and done, people just read that and say, just confess to the Lord, you'll be saved. Well, that's not, that story doesn't end like that. When it gets done, Paul baptizes them and they're filled with the Holy Ghost. Everybody say, born again. Okay. So, Nobody has ever been saved without the gospel. Everybody say the gospel. the gospel. Now here's the better question. What is the gospel? The good news. The good news of what? Of God? More specific. I want more than that. Huh? No, not really. It is. It's within the Bible. But come on, give me more of that. What is the gospel? The good news of what? That Jesus died for my sins? And he was buried and he rose again and he's coming back someday. The gospel is not just that Jesus died for my sins. Because if Jesus just died for my sins, that is bad news. Because he's dead still. Alright? So that's not all the gospel is. The gospel is more than that. The gospel is that Jesus died for my sins. He took the place for my sins at Calvary to cover, cover it with blood. And then he was buried in a grave... And then he rose again on the third day by his own power. That is what the gospel is. He died for my sins and he was resurrected for my sin, uh, resurrected new life to give me hope of having new life. Okay? Does that make sense, everybody? Uh, somebody like Jake can give me some scriptures. 1 Corinthians 15. Find that for me. This is what Paul says the gospel is. I'm going to be done in just a second. Here's the scary part about this night. If we walk out of here tonight, you're not going to be perfect, okay? I know you're not going to be perfect. 1 Corinthians 15, verse 1. Now, you're not going to walk out of here perfect tonight. If I close this service and we all come to this altar and we all repent of every sin that we've ever done in our life, and you walk out of here tonight, you're going to struggle. You're going to have problems. But once you've been enlightened to something, you are held accountable for that. And now then it is your responsibility. And for us to be saved, we have to have these works of the flesh. We've got to do something with that. And Paul tells us what, how, what we do with that in 1 Corinthians 15, 1 through 4. Moreover, brethren, I declare unto you the gospel which I preached unto you, which also ye have received, wherein ye stand, by which also ye are saved, if ye keep in memory 
what I preached unto you. What did he say? You're what? You're what? Saved? Saved. Saved. So he's going to tell us how to be saved. If you keep in memory what I preached unto you, unless you have believed in vain. Now hang on. Y'all listen to me. He said, I'm going to tell you how to be saved unless you believe in vain. So he's telling you that you can believe the Bible in vain or wrong. What's that mean? Huh? And it not mean anything. You can believe it wrong. You can believe the gospel in a vain way that it does not save you is what he's telling you. Yes, you believe a lie. That all you have to do is confess that Jesus is my Savior, and that's all I got to do. Read farther. He's going to tell you what the gospel is. Go ahead. For I delivered unto you first of all that which I also received, how that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures, and He was buried, and He rose again the third day according to the Scriptures. Okay. He's he's telling us what the gospel is. That Jesus died for your sins, that he was buried, and that he rose again. Was that the last verse? The third day according to the scriptures. Third day according to the scriptures. Okay, now how does the gospel apply to us? That's the question I want to ask you. Now, Paul's telling us how to be saved. He said you've got to be saved through the gospel. But how does the gospel get from where Jesus is at, the cross, the burial, and the resurrection? Now, how does that get applied to our life? Three steps. Anybody know that? Okay. Very good job, Tristan. Now listen to me. I'm telling you what the Bible says of how we've got to be saved. Paul just said, this is how you're saved, by the gospel. Peter, Jesus said in John 3, 5, except a man is born again. Everybody say born again. How are you born again? Now, Nicodemus asked this, Nicodemus asked this real, real strange question. He's like, how can I be born again? Do, and I'm going to make it funny. Do I go back inside of my mother and come back out again? Now, that's what he was asking. No, of course not. That's, for, that's crazy. You'd kill your mama. All right? You can't do that. So, Jesus said, no, look, that is how you was born into this world fleshly. He said, I'm telling you, to be saved, you have to be born on the spiritual side of it. That which is spirit is spirit, and that that was flesh is flesh, and that which is spirit is spirit. So, G, G, uh, they asked the question again in Acts 2.37. What about that one? Does anybody know that scripture? Anybody know? Acts 2.37, there was a question. Was asked. We, we all have heard Acts 2.38. Can anybody quote that one? Quote it. Then, okay, how about y'all quote it with me? Then Peter said to them, Repent, be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Now, there was a question that was asked before that in verse 37. After, after Peter got done preaching, they said, Okay, that sounds great. What must I do to be saved? And then Peter preached it. So, I come with a very simple, simple message, lesson tonight, whatever you want to call it. And this is what I come to tell you tonight. 
If you're going to be saved, it's only going to come through Jesus, like he said in John 14 and 6. It's only going to come. He is the way, the truth, and the life. It's only going to come by us being born again of the water and the Spirit, by the gospel, which Paul declared was the death, burial, and resurrection. The way that's applied to our life, we repent. Does anybody know what happens when you repent? Huh? You're asking God for forgiveness, right? You know what that means? You know what repent means? Really? What does it mean in the army? Anybody know? They actually call this out in the army. If somebody, a lot of times, when they're doing this, they say, repent. A lot of times they'll say, about face. That means you turn around and go another way. What repentance means is the things that you were doing wrong, you don't do it no more. Okay? So that's what repentance is. You, what, the terminology we use is they die. doesn't matter listen so listen to me so what that means is what I was doing I don't do it what the terminology we use a lot is this that we die out to our sin you have a change of heart you decide it's a decision you decide I'm not going to live this way no more because you realize if I live this way it is sin against God and according to that scripture, it says, I will not inherit eternal life, okay? And then, basically, you die out to your old life. What do you do with something that's dead? Anybody know? You bury it. What did they do with Jesus' body after he died? They buried it. What happens to us when we, we're baptized? What do they call that? We're buried in water being covered in the name of Jesus Christ. And it washes our sins away. It buries them sins we come up with the sins washed away from us. That's why it's the gospel. Death, burial, and then there's the last step, resurrection. What is the resurrection? That is when Jesus came back to life with his own life, with his own power. That's when God fills with the Holy Ghost. That's his power comes in us, and that gives us strength to be able to overcome all this stuff. I was talking about the works of the flesh. This is what I must do to be saved. This is what you must do to be saved. This is what the Apostle Paul had to do to be saved. This is what Peter had to do to be saved. This is what President Biden would have to do to be saved if he's not. This is what former President Trump would have to do. This is what every leader in the world would have to do. I don't know what you're talking about, sure. Yes. Yes. I don't even want to get that deep with it, but I know. This is how you keep from sinning all the time is every day you have to repent because every day we sin. Every day we sin. There's not a day in my life I've ever went that I've not done something I didn't need to say, Lord, will you forgive me? So every day you ought to say, God, help me, forgive me. That's how it keeps you from being a sinner and keeps you to being a Christian. It's a sincere heart that every day you're making the repentance, you're making a sincere decision that says, I choose today to live the best life that I can live. And if I've messed up, I'm going to ask that person to forgive me and God to forgive me. Okay. One last scripture and I'll be done. It's found in Revelations 21 and 27. 
It said, And there shall in no wise enter into it, speaking of heaven, anything that defileth, neither that whatsoever worketh abomination or maketh a lie, but they that are written in the Lamb's book of life. So, what that scripture says to me is this. No sin will go into heaven. And the only way to get rid of sin... Anybody know how to get rid of sin? I've talked about it all night. What's that? Repent. Repentance. So, as soon as you've done something that you recognize as sin, or you've done something that somebody else has said, hey, you know that the Bible says that's wrong, as quick as you can, repent and ask God to forgive you of that. Because if not, if God comes back in that space of time when you've not repented, or you die in that space of time that you've not asked God to forgive you, there's a good chance that you'll go to hell. You got a question? It's not in the Bible, so it doesn't matter if you believe that or not. I'm not meaning that smart. I'm just... Huh? If uh, you die and come back a dog, you die and come back somebody else, you reincarnate into something else. So, yeah, I'm actually, I'm glad you kind of said that. Okay. Now, now, hang on a second. I'm kind of glad you said that. Biblically speaking, reincarnation is not in the Bible. Okay. It doesn't address that. It's it's nothing. It's not. It's a it's a man-made thing. Hinduism. Yeah, actually, it's Hinduism is where it comes from. But I, I want to close it like this today. Okay. There's so much more than what I've. You know, this Bible is big. Is anybody? ever read through the Bible? I've read through it multiple times. You've read from front to back. Every word. Almost? That's good. Commendable. Some of us have. Now, there's a whole lot in here, okay? You're not going to get it all perfect, but here's the point I'm trying to make with this. If you want to go to heaven, now I said this earlier, I said, Pretty much, I could ask you, do you want to go to heaven or hell? Everybody here most likely say, I want to go to heaven. Would you agree? Okay. Listen, where do we get the idea of heaven? It's in the Bible. So the Bible tells us how to get to heaven. This is the only way that we're going to get there, is by what this says. And if you think it's irrelevant, it's not real, then you're going to be in the hands of an angry God. All right? Because this is real. It is relevant. God is coming back. And the only way we're going to be saved is if we've been born again by what the gospel said, by Paul said, by repenting, being baptized in Jesus' name, and he will fill us with the Holy Ghost, and then every day we'll strive when we, when we make mistakes, it's not if, it's when we make mistakes, you can go to God and say, Lord, will you forgive me? And every day, it takes that process of not going and falling back in the water again where you're drowning. Because this is what I have found in 16 years of pastoring. Jimmy, can I pick on you some more? Is I take Jimmy and I say, Jimmy, I, I helped save him. I helped... I can't save him, but I help get him out, out of the water, and I get him in the boat. 
And then when I turn my back, when I'm not real close to him, you know what he does? He goes running and he jumps back in the water. <laughs> okay? So you can't just keep going and jumping back in the water because somebody is not always going to be there to pull you out. Some point you've got to get it for yourself and you've got to be able to be saved. Okay? All right. I may have botched up a whole lot of whatever tonight, but I just want to be real and just talk to you. This is what it means to be saved. What it means to be saved is trying your best to live out the gospel. You're not going to do it perfect, but every day you're going to strive. When you make mistakes, you say, I'm sorry. And every day, number one, you have to be born again, so you've got to repent, be baptized in Jesus' name. He'll fill you with the Holy Ghost. Then every day after that, you strive to do the best you can. You're not going to be perfect. You're going to make mistakes. But you have to try. And if you know it's wrong, don't do it. Because if you're doing something and you know it's wrong, that makes you a sinner. Okay? Now, I'll be honest with you. I've had the moments when I was upset, I was mad, and I knew I shouldn't be doing it, but I'd done it anyway. All right? But thank God, I come to my senses and I can go back and say, Lord, forgive me, whoever forgive me, and you can make it right. So I want you to stand with me tonight. I just want to talk very sincere and 